about the believer's authority. The believer's authority. Again, I'm going to go over this. It, it has nothing to do with being in the ministry or anything like that. You know, I have authority and I have responsibilities. Really what I have as a man of God. But I'm talking about every person that's in Christ. You have the right. You don't have the right to remain silent. You better listen to me. You have the right to speak. And to speak the word only would help you. But anyway, the point I'm making is uh, you have the same authority that every other believer has. You may not know it. You may you may felt stifled in it. You may feel, well, who am I? Or you may have low self-esteem. Or, or you may, you know, think of all the reasons and excuses why this isn't going to work for you. But don't let the devil talk you out of it. studied, I'm in Psalm 110, I'm going to read off of there in just a second, but we read out of Romans, you know, 517, that through one man, Jesus Christ, and the gift of righteousness that he's given us, right standing, that we might reign in life, and in this life, the Greek says, in this life right now, we might reign or dominate in this life through Jesus Christ. We're not talking about reigning because we got a little money, we got a good job, we're smart, good-looking, we're not so good-looking, whatever. That has nothing to do with it. Doesn't have to do with your educational background. Doesn't have to do with color your hair, color your skin, what country you came from, your intellectual capacity, or lack of it. Has to do with what Jesus has made you. This is spiritual. Now, we're not talking about dominating another human being. That's wrong. When you start thinking about how to dominate somebody, that's devilish. James 3 talks about it being devilish, demonic. That's what witchcraft is. They try to they try to dominate other people through you know different things like that, which we believe uh, doesn't work against us because we're under the blood. Yeah, we had witches put pentagrams in my parking lot out here one time and all that kind of stuff. We had warlocks attend this church before, and witches both. We just prayed them out. I said either let them repent or. so they had to move on. Anyway, we're talking, though, about you learning to dominate in the earth and have authority, spiritual authority, where circumstances and symptoms and things, other things in life don't continually drive you and dominate you and beat you down and oppress you. You begin to rise up on the inside, and you begin to dominate the things around you. Now, you understand when I say that, and listen carefully here, when you deal with spiritual forces, we're not dealing with people. The Bible says we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in high places, etc. So we're dealing with things that are spiritual. But now listen to me. Once you deal with things like that, some people get involved in it on either side. If somebody's trying to work against you and you can take authority over something, they could get in the loop of that. But you didn't come against them. You came against the the forces that were operating, trying to operate against you. And on the other side of that, you can deal with angels, good angels, and they release them. And I'm going to show you that today in a minute. But we're talking about you having authority over your life and having authority to deal with stuff effectively. I want to get this in you today. I want you to listen to me. And, and nobody is uh, sub any 
thing. Everybody has the same level of authority when it comes to what I'm teaching. But you'll have to rise up to it and you'll have to take it. I put here, you must begin to accept your authority in Christ. You must begin to accept it, number one. You must begin to recognize it, that you have authority. And then you must begin to use or exercise your authority. See, I, you know, we can help you as a pastor. We're not opposed to that. You're gonna, you know, we're saying we got to use our authority. I mean, we have to accept our authority. We've got to recognize our authority. We need to use our authority. But now I'll use my authority to help you as far as I can, but that's the point. You're going to have to come to a place eventually where you're rising up and dealing with something that you're taking authority over because you realize you have the authority to do that. Imagine a church that's just full of babies forever because the pastor never teaches nothing. I don't think you can recognize. I don't think you realize that because you're in a different kind of environment. Now I've used my faith to help you, many of you, you know, and I'm still helping. Don't misunderstand. I'm still here for you, no matter how old you are, how many years you've been with me. I'm going to do my best to help you. But I want to say this in fairness that sometimes, if you don't catch a hold with me and start working with me in these things, my authority, though it's strong not be able to do everything for you eventually, and your authority will start waning because you're not using it. Then you're in trouble. Me and Jesus and all of us can't help you sometimes. You have to. And there are some different scenarios that go with all this, but I've got time to travel down that trail deeply right now with you. We're not in a hurry to teach. It's going to take me some time. I'm not going to be just today. I'm not going to keep you up on duty today. But I hope you're paying attention because this is very important. Nobody taught me this as a young believer. I wish I'd have known it. But hey, just think about churches, how infantile they are, where pastors don't know anything, and then they don't teach their people anything, and then they got to carry the whole church themselves. No wonder they bury preachers young. Nothing wrong with leaning on my faith to help you, but there's something wrong with you doing that forever and ever and ever in every area of your life. When you know better and you've been taught better, that's not right. And yet the Lord still uses me. You just saw that in the Word of Knowledge. Talked to me yesterday about bone density. Of course, I already knew I had anointing for bones. I'm not bragging on me. It's not my anointing. It's something God put on me to help people with bone problems. But that's the first Word of Knowledge I ever had with bone density. He said density. So I knew a little about it from seeing commercials on TV, you know, over a period of time. But anyway, I thought, you know, it has to do with heart call that osteoporosis and stuff. The bones thin out. People get elderly or have a problem with that young and then they fall and break everything and then heal right. Because anyway, praise the Lord. Well, we, we rectified that today. See, God rescued some people. <laughs> now, we're, we're talking about authority. And I want you to know you have it. And I want you to start believing what I'm preaching to you. I'm not trying to remove myself out of my proper position with you, but I'm trying to raise you up so you can take your proper position and you can help yourself and you can help others. And what better way to do it than to understand what you're called to do? The Bible says in Galatians you're under governors and tutors. That just means you're under me until such a time as you begin to grow up. But it says you ought to grow up in Ephesians 4. Galatians 4 says that he gave me fivefold ministers that we might grow up into him in most things, a couple of things, 
I got up in the middle of the night. I was hurting, and I went into the kitchen. I lived in Charlestown then. We had a little light over our stove. I turned it on, got a drink of water, had my Bible with me. No, I don't think you realize when I tell you that how serious I am about that. You just think I may be talking because I'm a preacher. But I, I carry my Bible around my house. You can ask my kids. You can ask my wife. Not, not every single time, but I carry it around quite a bit. I know where it's at. And uh, I got up and I got my Bible. I was hurting. I went in by the kitchen there by the stove. The stove was off, of course. I got a drink of water and was standing there. And I was led to this passage in Psalm 110. I want you to look at it with me here. The, verse 1 and 2. The Lord, the Lord said unto my Lord. Now, you're going to say, well, he's talking to Jesus. And he is. You can check me out and run the references on that. But listen, uh, whatever Jesus has, we because we know from the New Testament, I know I'm back here, but there's something I want to point out to you. In the New Testament, we know we're joint heirs with him. We know from Ephesians 1, just stay with me and you're thinking, we're going to read the rest of it. We've been raised up, Ephesians 2 and Ephesians 1, we had raised up to sit with him far above all power, principality, and so forth, etc. I just taught you that Tuesday night. And the Amplified, which is according to the Greek there, it says, And this headship or this authority or this dominion is shared throughout the body. And if I were to take you to Hebrews, which is my favorite book, it says that he did what he did, raised him up, and he sanctified us in chapter 10. And we might put all of our enemies under our feet so that they would be a footstool. That must mean domination. Not just for Jesus, but for us. We're a part of his body. The fullness of him, Ephesians 1, that filleth all in all. You might think you're the mole on the little toe of the left foot, but that mole's got a lot of authority. Because I know how people think you get over in the natural, you start pushing yourself down. You've got a problem. Some of you got a real problem. I'm trying to help raise you up, jacking you up where you're supposed to be. Well, I know pastor can do it. No, you can do it too. You can't do everything I can do in my ministry. You'd have to be anointed in, in the same way I'm anointed to do what we just did. But in other things that we're talking about has to do with your believer's authority, the believer's authority. Not the preacher's authority, the believer's authority. And this, this authority is shared throughout the body. In other words, every part of the body, and we're doing this analogy. We're part of the body of Christ, the body of that power, the body of him, the anointed one, and his anointing. That, and, and this anointing gives you authority and dominion. Now here it says, let me read it again. I didn't even get down very far. Did I saw 110, verse 1 and 2. The Lord said unto my Lord, sit down by my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. See, he quotes that later in Hebrews. That's why I brought that out to you. But look at verse 2. The Lord shall send the rod of his strength out of Zion. Rule thou in the midst of thine enemies. Now listen to me. You've got enemies. We're not, we're not ignorant here. You've got enemies. Sickness is an enemy. Death is an enemy. I mean, if we all live our life out, we're physically going to die, but we're already spiritually alive with Christ. How many understand what I just said? But lack is an enemy. Depression is an enemy. The Bible says how God anointed Jesus in Nazareth, how he went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. The word oppressed means to be weighed down in body or mind. So anything...
that tries to weigh you down, make you sick, destroy your life, disrupt your life, distract your life, make you mentally not fully whatever, that, that's an oppression of the devil, and Jesus came to deliver us from all that, and this says rule in the midst of your enemies. Not that you don't have them, but you can rule in the midst of them. No matter how many enemies you got, if you're ruling, baby, they're submitting. Once you catch hold of that, you have an enemy. First Peter says your enemy, the devil, your adversary, or your enemy. Same thing. The devil is your enemy, not God. You remember what Romans eight says? Romans, I think it's eight thirty-two. How God gave Jesus? Would he, if He spared not Jesus, would He not freely give us all things? And God is for us. The devil is against you, so he's your enemy, but God is for you. Just bringing out some truth here to keep your theology straight. But this tells me I can rule in the midst of my enemies. Got any enemies? Start ruling. Don't let them rule you. Well, Pastor, you just don't understand. You know, I've always been afraid of stuff. Well, quit being afraid of it. Start dominating that fear. Start speaking to that. I mean, I spent 10 weeks, 10, 10 lessons here on fear. I didn't keep all the tapes. I mean, we may have them in archives, but we made a series of five of them or four of them on fear, living fearlessly, I think's the name of it, or something like that. And I hope you're paying attention. Let me see, we're not just teaching to get to the next subject. We're teaching to get it in you so that you get that, and then we can move ahead, but keeping that going, too. I get up every day and say, I will not fear. Does fear ever come? Well, certainly it comes. That's why I'm saying I will not fear. It tries to come. It doesn't prevail like it used to, and it certainly has lost a lot of its ability. I'd really say all of it. I just don't allow fear to dominate me. It tries to at times, and I say, no, you don't. No, you don't. Jesus, get under my feet. I have authority over you in Jesus' name. And if you start submitting to that, then the devil just takes more and more territory. Pastor, you just don't understand. I knew you'd say that, but you don't understand what I'm saying. What are we going to do? Well, I guess fail unless you listen to me in the Bible and start ruling in the midst of your enemies. Yeah, but my husband, he won't do what he's supposed to do. My wife won't do what she's supposed to do. What does that have to do with what I'm teaching you? They may be sitting by you right now. I don't know. But rule in the midst of your enemies. We're not talking about ruling over your wife and husband, but we're talking about ruling over unbelief. Ruling over fear, ruling over doubt, ruling over strife, ruling over whatever. Anybody listening? Let's go to 2 Samuel 23. Look at this here. 2 Samuel. I want to give you an illustration of this from your Bible, of course. Uh, and by the way, those symptoms finally left me. You know, through, through the help of a prophet I knew, my spiritual father, Dr. Ed Dufresne. Here in 2 Samuel 23, let's look at verse 11 and 12 here. We'll let you find that passage, 2 Samuel 23. We're talking about ruling in the midst of your enemies. That's the subject. We're talking about using our authority. By the way, I looked up that word, word rule in the, the Hebrew, and it meant to dominate, to bear domination over. 
to bear authority over. That's what that word meant. So the same thing we're talking about when we talk in the New Covenant about our authority. Amen. Dominate your enemies. We're not talking about people. We're talking about things and circumstances and things that try to get us all flustered and get us upset and get us not thinking right on the word and pull us aside and distract us and pay attention to that, pay attention to this, pay attention to the other. Now, I told you something I'm going to tell you again. I hope you're paying attention. I'm challenging myself this year. I've already done, took care of some things to be more generous and to be more sensitive and be more obedient. And you say, well, haven't you been that way? I think I've been pretty strong that way, but I've challenged myself to be even more that way. I hope you're doing the same. Because if you don't, you won't be any different by the time next year comes. You may even go backwards. But we just found this morning we can go forward. Now see, we got to come to grips with this. This, this. this is one of those messages you've got to come to grips with. I have to come to grips with it. You've got to come to grips with it. Pastor, I don't know how to do that. That's a lie, first of all. If you've been with me, I've taught you how to do better than that. You just didn't do it. And some of you just didn't do it. You don't do it. So, you know, you're in your own deal now. I mean, I'm trying to help you again today. Don't get offended. Just listen to me. I had intercessory prayer in this church for 16 years, and I led myself every single week. I had a handful of people for the first seven, eight years. Five, six of us. Most of you weren't even interested. If you were with me back then, see, you didn't pay attention. And I didn't teach on the prayer of agreement. I didn't preach on how to get your needs met. I didn't teach anything like that. I've taught that here several times in this congregation. Maybe not to the new ones, but I mean, it's 16 years of teaching on intercessory prayer. Boy, people could learn some things. They wanted to. Too busy. Too busy. I don't want to come pray with people. It's too intimate. I don't know if you've freaked out. You should learn from it. Hallelujah. You're getting quiet on me. You're not going to intimidate me, whatever. Remember, I'm over fear, and I'm over you. I love you, but I'm over you. And more than one way. <laughs> All right, now, Second Second Samuel chapter 23. Look at verse 11. Now, this is one of David's mighty men. He had a bunch of them, and some of them, you know, you know, we ran, ran into a fellow preacher at the Olive Garden the other day. He said, I'm getting ready to go to the Outlaws Clubhouse. He's got a ministry to the bikers in Louisville. I used to live with bikers, you know, Hells Angels and Dayton Outlaws. That's a rough group, rough crowd <laughs> sometimes. And I thought about the, these guys that, that were David's mighty men. I mean, those guys, they couldn't hold a hand candle to these guys. But see, now we're not wrestling with flesh and blood. But you talked about some rough guys. David had some men that knew how to get it done. Oh, Bishu. You know, one guy, David marched by him one day, and he threw some dirt at David and said some unpleasant things. He said, let me go cut his head off for you. He wasn't peaceful. Cut it. He was going to cut it slick off. And David said, I have to let it go. Let it go. So, you've got guys like that around you. <laughs> See, now he, see, they're back in the Old Covenant. Now we're walking in the New Covenant. We're walking by the Spirit. But see, the devil does the same thing to you. He throws a little dirt your way and says something. Da, 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 da. What are you going to do now? 
go hide under a rock. See, that's not right. You need to stand up to that, respond to that. Hey, Jesus' name, shut up. I command you to shut up and start praising the Lord. Hey, Father, I thank you. The Bible says praise will shut the enemy's mouth. You've been listening to a lot of the enemy. We know you haven't been doing much praising. And if you don't have no word in you, your resistance isn't doing anything. It's just a mockery. But you can get in here with me this year and make some challenges on yourself. Praise God, I'm going to get a hold of my own armament this year. I'm going to start believing God that I can take care of some things this year. I can, I can, I'm going to use my faith this year, and I'm still going to submit to Pastor. If he has a special prayer line, I'll get in it, but I'm going to take care of a lot of stuff this year for, for myself. <laughs> so one of these guys was Shema, the son, verse 11, 2 Samuel 23, 11. And after him was Shema, the son of Agi, the Hararite, and the Philistines were gathered together into a troop where there was a piece of ground full of lentils, full of beans. And the people fled from the Philistines, but he stood in the midst of the ground and defended it and slew the Philistines, and the Lord wrought a great victory. I wonder sometimes about some of you. Listen to me. If a guy is that determined to win a victory over a hill of beans, he's putting his life on the line to do it. And they had a whole troop arrayed against him. Just one guy. Just one guy with a big sword and a lot of faith in God. He took them all out and ate the beans. Here's my point. What do you put value on to defend? Somebody at the the market talks to your baby or something, you're ready to press charges down at Kroger's. Maybe they're just being a grandpa, just being friendly. Somebody said there's a pedophile loose up at school. My God, you're all in your buses going to school, rifles loaded, ready to take on the principal and the guidance counselor. No, I'm serious, and you would be that way, and I don't blame you. But listen, how about being defend how about defending some things spiritually? How about knowing how to take a field? And just defend it. Whatever comes against it, you're not going to give it up. Well, I don't know. I just don't like that. But you need to be like that. That's the reason the devil runs over top of you every time he takes a note. And you can't get mad at people. We're not talking about being big and big shot, talking about we're this and that, you know, over people. That's, get over that. that. We're not even dealing with flesh and blood. I wonder if we've got the same attitude of dominion where when enemies come, we can defend what we got. I know last year I defended some stuff. I said, God, you told me to build this building. I need, to, I need you know, before it's all over, about $100,000, and you guys didn't have it for the most part. And I said, God, I need some help. I take authority over the money that's got to come. In Jesus' name, I bind you, Satan. Loose my money. You know, you just thought J.G. Wentworth said that. That's my money, and I want it now. Carnal head bucket commercial. How about in the spirit dealing with stuff? That's my health. I want it now. 
If we got to take it outside, I'd just say, well, we'll take it out, but you may not be able to do too good against my angels. He's kind of like that, this preacher. <clears throat> he defended it. See, I'm trying to show you some truth here about your authority is a lot stronger and a lot thicker and a lot broader and a lot higher than you ever dreamed. But you have to believe it for it to work. Quit saying, well, who am I? You know, I just work over here at the 7-Eleven. What's that have to do with what I'm talking about? Sell your, sell your bread and sell gas, whatever, and your gallons of milk. But when it comes to your prayer life, get it on, baby. Wake up. Nobody can hold you down but yourself. If you look, if you let the devil, he'll keep you down the rest of your life. But there's a there's a there's a a buoyness, a bo- you know. A, a, praise God, you can't keep a covenant man down. It may look like you're going down, but you won't go down if you stay on the word. Rule in the midst of your enemy. Now you know some people. You you can help some people to a degree, to a level, but some people. They may have to do different things. I don't know. But you can make it. You can prevail. Are you listening to me? Let's go to Matthew again, Matthew 8. We, we're talking about this past. <laughs> yeah, don't get offended. I'm just screaming because I'm excited. I'm excited about what Jesus has done for us. Matthew 8. Let's look over here again. There's still some juice in these bones right here. Matthew 8. I want you to see it. You know the story of the man in chapter 8 of Matthew, verse 5. He, he came, uh, Jesus was entered, it says in verse 5, Matthew 8, 5. Jesus entered into Capernaum, this certain city, and there came unto him a centurion. Now, this was a soldier. He was Roman. He wasn't Israeli. And he was over 100 men. That's where the word centurion comes from, century, 100, you know, etc. And he besought him, verse 6, and said, Lord, my servant lieth at home sick. Paul's a grievously tormented. He's not only sick, he's tormented about it now. And Jesus said unto him, I will come. Notice his response immediately. I will come and heal him. And the centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come up. Now, see, he has no, he has no revelation of authority in the spirit world yet. I'm going to show you he does understand authority in just a minute. But right now he said, I'm not worthy for a holy man of God. I'm paraphrasing. But if you'll just speak the word only, verse 8, the last part, speak the word only, my servant will be healed. Then he begins to relate this to Jesus. I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this man, go, and he goeth, and another come, and he cometh, and to my servant do this, and he doeth it. Now, I've kept on reading this and reading this, and I keep getting more juice out of it. He said, listen, he said, I'm a man. I'm a man, and I'm under authority. And I say to one, come, and he comes, and one, go, and he goes. So here he's telling us, I'm using my authority in my words. I could say, go, and he'll go, and come, and he'll come, and you can do that over in the spirit world. You can say, go, and they'll have to go, and come, and they'll have to come. And if that wasn't enough, and he said, no, another, I'll say, do this, and he does what I say. Now, we're talking about us learning our authority on the Word and speaking in line with the Word. You understand that, right? But see, being a military... 
said to me uh, last night or this morning, she said, uh, I saw a little clip on one of the news programs, and there was a colonel or a military guy down in Haiti at the airport, and he had all this stuff piled up around him. And somebody came to visit and said, well, why can't, how come you got this all here? Why isn't it over there helping the people? said, nobody in authority has come and told me to release it yet. He's a military guy. He's not going to just let anybody run in there and just take it. He, he's waiting for somebody with authorization to come in and say, hey, I need a ton of that. Load it up on your whatevers and take it over to the east end of the city or whatever it needs to be done. I'm not complaining or criticizing. I'm using that as an illustration. You've got all kinds of stuff stockpiled for you. And God's waiting on us to rise up in our authority and say, hey, I have need of this. And it doesn't all have to be used. Nothing wrong with going to Goodwill and good something and whatever else is around the corner and all the big lots and short lots and shortfall and Dollar General, whatever. I'm just being honest. But I found where Jesus said, don't get me that cold. Nobody's ever even sat on it before. Nobody even slammed the door and kicked the tire yet. I want that one. And if you ask what I have, tell him I have need of it. we got all kinds of stuff waiting. And we're always, we're waiting on God to do something. He's waiting on you to say something. Now, you don't, you don't tithe and you don't care about being responsible in your living and your giving and your your, your integrity, then, then everything I'm saying, you can do it get it. I don't need to tell you that because you'd find out soon enough. But if you'll do it right, you can have the benefits. Not that hard. Don't have to live right. Don't have to do right. I think this is here that the excuse has got to be done. In other words, you've got to be done with all the reasons why you can't do what you're supposed to do. And quit telling yourself that, and my God, quit telling me that. Just do what you're supposed to do. Well, we can't tithe. No, you won't tithe. Well, we can't be more generous. Well, I don't know. You're going to have to figure that out for yourself if you... Well, I just can't quit doing this thing or another. Yes, you can if you have your authority and you'll defend what you have and you'll say, no, I'm not letting that be a part of my life anymore. I had, to, I had to speak to somebody kind of firmly recently about something. I, I thought I was present, so this wasn't something. And I won't tell you the exactness of what I said, but I had to ask some pretty pertinent, raw questions about stuff because I didn't have to ask them 25 years ago with people in the church. But because the church is in the world and the world is in the church, i got to ask some questions sometimes. What you been doing with your body? What you've been doing with those eyes? What you've been doing with those ears? How you been talking? I know you're getting quiet, but you're not intimidating me. I love you. I'm just trying to help you walk in some authority. <laughs> what, how, 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 how big can this be, Jesus? How's how, how that? I mean, even this guy figured that out, and this is early in his ministry. If you just speak the word, it'll get done. As I understand natural authority, i got these hundred guys over me. They're going to do what I tell them, or they're going to the brig. Or worse, back then, we're going to cut your hand off. And the next time, your other hand off if you disobey. And you know what? They didn't play around back then. Time out. Okay, I'll, I'll get you beyond that. Don't want to get 
just said to me, I was reading this last week, he said he was a man, and Jesus said he had great faith. I don't know if that's going to sink in on you. If you're a person today in this service, if you're not a person, raise your hand. I'm going to cast that evil thing out of you. Anybody here an alien? Anybody here an angel that's in a physical body? No, I don't think so. But what I'm saying to you is every one of you can have great faith. If you'll understand your authority. That what you're saying right now is either bringing something to you let me ask this. Do you want it? Or pushing something away from you. Hey, do you need it? You're sending it away. Well, I just don't seem to be able to have any joy. Well, then you don't believe the Bible. But Jesus said, I give you my joy. I leave with you. And my peace I leave with you. And you could ask anything in my name so that your joy would be full. Evidently, you don't ask. So you start sending your joy away, and then you get discouraged. Then you want to... Pastor, are you going to have a deliverance line today for joy so we can get our joy back? Well, we taught you that just recently. Don't drop your bucket. I know life's not pleasant, but we're talking about spiritual things here. Sometimes life is, is gruesome. Sometimes life is, you know, deals a lot. But if you learn to start walking in this, whatever level you're at at this moment, and say, Father, I can see it. I can see what you're saying. The Word says, and Pastor brought it out, even under the Old Covenant, I can rule in the midst of my enemies. Sometimes you'll think, it didn't be. I went to church my whole life. Nobody told me this. My parents, they didn't believe that. They just said, you know, the government's in control. And that old preacher down there, he's got new tires on his car. He's probably stealing all the money. And that's the way they talked and thought. All the time, you could have had authority for your life to turn out differently. I remember Tommy Barnett said he was 17 in Bible school and he got so engrossed in the ministry he had to quit Bible school and go in full time. They got one of the largest churches in America, in Phoenix. And Tommy Duda, down there in, in, in Texas. He had a brand new Corvette when he's about 17 years old, believe God. Yeah, Tommy Birchfield. So there's a lot of things possible, but we just don't hear about it much. We hear about all the, you know, things of life and how hard it is and everything. I'm not saying, but see, Jesus came to give us life and give us abundant life. I'm trying to help you today. You can smile back at me. I'm not mad at you. Even if you don't want to do anything I've said, just smile real big at me and just act like you like it anyway. You know, I'm going to do what God tells me to do, whether anybody does anything. I pleaded my case for my kids when they were young. And people in every church I pastored, including this one, try to talk me out of my faith. Well, you just can't do that. You can't believe that. Yeah, I can. I can believe whatever I can believe. If I'm believing it, hallelujah. 
you're going you're gonna to have to rise up in authority and start speaking what you desire and start speaking against what you don't desire and send the right things moving away and the right things coming to you. We're in Matthew. Let's go over here to Matthew 16. You still with me today? Have a bump you out, have a Hallelujah. I appreciate it. Even our visitor lady still back here. God bless you. Sister. Appreciate it. No, I'm trying to help you. I'm a little strong on it because I've been meditating on it. I've been teaching it for several weeks now, and it's compounding in me. And I'm thinking about it when I'm at home and in my car and in the shower. You know, I'm just thinking about it all the time. My wife, you know, she can tell you that. I'm not, you know, I sit at the kitchen table and study it here and there. And then I'd be walking through the house, and then I'd be listening to Brother Hagin and listening to Dr. Dufresne. Hallelujah. Not mad at you a bit, but I want you to get mad at the devil, but not just get mad at him as though you're just mad, but take the authority you have to dominate him. He's your problem. God is not your problem. Your mate's not your problem. Your kids are not your problem. Your parents are not your problem. I'm certainly not your problem. <laughs> Where you work's not the problem. Even how you were raised isn't the problem if you'll renew your mind to this. Now, I'm over here in Matthew 16, and, and Jesus asked him, well, who do people say that I am? You remember the story? He had his group with him, and he said, who do, who do people say that I am? And they said, well, some think you're John the Baptist or Elijah or Jeremiah, the weeping prophet. You know, he, a little bit all that, the power of God through Elijah and John the Baptist about repentance, different things. But he said, verse 15, who do you say I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ or the Messiah the anointed one, you could say, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed this to you, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say unto you that you are Peter, and upon this rock, and the rock being the revelation of who Jesus is, I'm going to build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, Notice that, the keys. And whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And uh, whatsoever you shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. That's a little blind to us, I think. I wanted you, I want to read something here that I looked up in the parallel New Testament here. If you give me just a minute, I'll find it. And this is some of the translations for these verses here. It says, I, it says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. You remember uh, Tuesday I had my keys with me? And I said, this is an A key. Uh, it got an A, an A, like A, B, C, and A on it. Then we had B key, C keys. I don't know how far they go. But this means I can get any door, uh, you know, in the building. Supposedly, well, we did do our foyer different. Our front door has a different key. Now I have one of those. But in the past, every door was keyed to the A key. So just let me say that, okay? Act like I know what I'm talking about. But if I gave you an A key, you can get anywhere in the building. The keys represent authority. Hallelujah. Then I have a key to my house here. Are you listening to me? So Jesus said uh, here in the New Century Translation, I love this. He says, I give you the keys of the kingdom, and the things you don't allow on earth will be the things that God does not allow. We need to take authority. 
hang-ups on her and say, we don't allow you in my life. I don't allow you in my home. I don't allow you in my family. I take authority over you. And says, if we won't allow it, then God won't allow it. Then he says, whatever you allow on earth, I allow abundance on earth. I allow healing on earth and freedom on earth for me to function in my calling, freedom to walk in the earth and freedom to be protected. And, and no matter how many terrorists there are and how many goofball things they implement to try to catch them all, wherever I go, I'm going to be kept safe. Psalm 91 says, A thousand will fall at my side, ten thousand on my right hand, but it will not come nigh me. You understand, I'm not making fun. I need to do something about that. But you can let things affect you until you won't. You just be in your closet slobbering, afraid to get to the kitchen. I'm not kidding you. There's such a spirit of fear and terror in the earth today. And because people are after Americans and it tries to get on us because we keep, we got the news media and stuff. And I'm not saying they shouldn't report stuff. I'm just saying you have to deal with those thoughts and take your authority over and say, I'm going to go wherever God sends me in the planet. I'm not going to be afraid to do that either. Just be sure God's told you to do that, that wherever you're thinking you're going to go and stuff, but don't, don't let fear stop you. It says here, whatever we allow on earth, God will allow. And then he says here, what, whatever you allow on earth, he'll allow whatever, whatever, whatever you allow, he'll allow, whatever you allow, he'll, that's how you think about the devil right there, but here's the point, whatever you're allowing is what's being allowed. See, you are more in authority than you maybe have ever dreamed before. Because remember, don't forget, somebody's anointed to help you. Help you what? Help you whatever. That's what I'm saying. Help you do whatever you need to do. They may know you, they may not know you, but God's favor will extend to them to move on them to help you to do what you're called to do. Listen to this. Whatever you lock on earth will be locked in heaven. I just don't ever seem to be able to get a good job. Well, you just locked all the good ones up. Well, I just don't ever seem to be able to get ahead. You know, Pastor Jacobs, I've tried and tried and tried. Nobody asks you to try. We ask you to do it. And secondly, we ask you to do it with a good attitude. We ask you to do it with your mouth of authority and get in that prayer closet and start dealing with some things and say, God, I believe I'm believing for opportunities to open up for me that maybe I've never even thought of. you got people out there anointed to help me order my steps in the planet and bring me into the place that you have for me. Boy, that I like some stuff. <laughs> Stuff's popping everywhere. You, you say that once, and then you go on for a week or two, and it doesn't work out, and you get discouraged. Boy, you're a sure enough tiger. You just tried to defend one beam. And then because it looked like somebody else was going to challenge you about it, then you just threw your sword down and walked off the, the, the playing field. Don't be like that. Some of you guys were mean, mean as a junkyard dog when you played football. And basketball, too. Got elbows flying everywhere, knees flying everywhere, ready to knock a guy's head off to win a basketball game. And you won't even deal with the devil with the same tenacity. Yeah, you know, I told you about me, but see, I'm not bragging about carrying a bag hat now and a gun and acting crazy. I'm talking about dealing with real issues in my life. 
But you've got to be tenacious like that. Not that I'm bragging on me. I'm no hero. I'm just a man of God. I'm just one of God's servants. I mean, I wouldn't be doing any of this without Jesus. But he's telling me here, if I don't unlock it, it's not going to be unlocked. And if I don't open it, it's not going to be open. He didn't tell me to kick it down either. He just said, use my faith and believe whatever I open will get open. Heaven will back you. Heaven will back you. Hell will have to submit to you. God, I'm preaching good. give you keys to open. This is the message. Any and every door and no more barriers between heaven and earth. (laughs) I don't know how much more inclusive he could have made it. Any and every door and no more barriers between heaven and earth. Now you know, you you think, well that's cute, that's good. Now listen, do you know that Deuteronomy 11 and verse 21 is in the Old Testament. And it says, if you'll do what I tell you to do, you'll, your days will be multiplied. Deuteronomy 11, 21. You might want to write that down. I'm not going to turn there right now. Your days will be multiplied and your children's. And it will be as the days of heaven on the earth. And Hebrews says, chapter 8, verse 6, we're in a better covenant. I mean, here's guys back here cutting somebody's head off to have some heaven. You know, they didn't have the same authority we have. That's why those guys were so rugged and ruthless. And, and when the giants came, they just tried to destroy them all because they did, they'd repopulate. And that, the devil had gotten involved with that. The angels, evil angels, and women having babies from them and all kinds of strangeness to destroy that seed. And those guys, all they had to do with that, they had swords and bows and whatever chariots and hatchets and whatever they had, they were going after as best they could because they were only dealing with flesh and blood. But we're over here in the spirit now. And we've been raised to sit with him in a position of authority. Praise God. Some of us are talking about what are we going to do. I, I, I don't know. I just think we've got to shake ourselves a little here. I'm not mad at you. I don't, don't take it that way. I get mad at the devil trying to lull believers into a low-level mentality. I, I get disturbed about that, maybe I should say. I don't know if you use the word that. But... I'm going to read this one more time. Keys to open any and every door and no more barriers between heaven and earth. A yes on earth is yes in heaven. I say yes to health. I say yes to abundance. I say yes to newness. I say yes to blessing. I say yes to strength. I say yes to my authority. I say yes to... <laughs> and the heavens going, that's right, that's right, that's right, that's right, that's right, that's right. Hallelujah. Man, oh man, oh man, oh man. Hey, you got No, go to, go to Romans. I'm sorry, Romans 8. I didn't get to this the other night. I tried to, and I think I mentioned it, but I want to give you the verse. And you'll need to meditate on it a little bit to get the clarity. Uh, but in Romans chapter 8, you know, in verse 16 and following, he's talking in verse 16 about, about being a joint heir with Jesus Christ. You remember that. And being children of God, joint heirs with Jesus. 
so forth. I know sometimes people worry, well, now if you teach this pastor, people are going to go wild with it. I don't know about that. I haven't seen too many of you go too wild yet about anything. Some of you took a hold of some of it here and there and went with it, and I appreciate that. I mean, you know, I'm trying to help everybody. And always remember, if it's not working, it's not my fault. If it's not working for you, then there must be some you're leaving out. You can't live any way you want to, do anything you want to, and be blessed. You, you can't walk in authority here and then go play with the world. <laughs> Jesus, he didn't do that. And, but seeing your authority will keep you out of the world if you use it, right? Yeah, but Pastor, you don't know how many times I'm tempted to do fill in the blank. Well, I'd start etching it out. Say, I know that temptation comes, but I'm turning it down walking away from it. I'm walking away from it. No, I'm not to have fellowship with darkness. That's darkness. I'm not going to participate in that. Now, somebody was here today, I won't mention, and they called me and said, you know, I ended up with a bad DVD. I said, well, how'd you end up with a bad DVD? Well, you know, I was with some guys, and we ended up that that was your first mistake. You should have said, stop the car. 18, 20 years old. Stop the car. Let me out. Call your mother. Call me. Instead of going into an adult theater, tell me you don't know what to do. You just don't do it. Oh, man, you guys are...
Christ is just not going to take kindly for any weapon to come up out of a window pointing at another vehicle. I'm telling you, somebody can take you out for stuff like that. I said, why don't you repent and get some sense? Get back in the church where we can love you and help you straighten out. He decided he wanted to go on. I hope he comes back someday. But, you know, I'm just talking straight. I'm a real deal pastor. I'm not trying to sound intense. I mean, that's the way the world thinks. You don't do stuff like that playing around. Well, I don't know. I'm up at 3 o'clock. What are you doing at 3 o'clock in the morning? Nobody's up like that unless they work third shift or they're pimping or they're whoring or they're shooting dope. Robbing the 7-Eleven. Come on, man. Nobody's out dressed driving around at 3 o'clock in the morning with a gun in the car. With three other teenagers or two, you know, that you don't even know that well. I'm going to get you killed doing stuff like that. It's not fun. It's not fun. Hallelujah. (laughs) Where do we close this thing? Right here. Let me read this one. You can read on down through here from verse 16. Romans 8 to verse 19 says, For the earnest expectation of the creature, or creation, it says in the Greek, waits for the manifestation of the sons of God. In other words, all of creation is waiting for you to manifest your authority. All of the earth, all of the earth is waiting for somebody to stand up that has integrity and authority and loves God and loves people and speak to the earth and it will begin to Everything you're wearing today, from your contacts to your toenail polish from the girls, and everything else, our rings, our watches, everything, carpet, everything we're sitting on, I don't mean our boots and honeys, I mean the chairs, everything, everything in this building, your cars in the parking lot, your homes when you go home, came out of the earth. CD players, your DVD players, your iPhones, iPods, everything, everything has an ear. God says here that all of creation is waiting for like that first Adam would speak and things would obey him. Like this centurion realized, if I say go, it'll go. If I go to that guy, he'll leave. If I say come to another guy, he'll come. How simple is that? That is really simple. I'm glad he didn't make it complicated. Hallelujah. Did you get anything out of that? I screamed my way through this today. <laughs> Woo! Thank God for the authority. Yeah! Hallelujah, Father. Before we dismiss now, I'd like to stand up with me just a second, please. Stand up, please, with me. When we come back tonight, we'll have a healing school. We've got a great message for tonight. I've already been studying it, getting ready to share it with you, but I wonder today if there'd be anybody here that's never asked